is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. So we've got a good show planned for you uh, this evening. Uh, we have uh, the president of the New Bedford Police Union uh, calling in at 8.30. But to start the program, we're joined by Bristol County Sheriff uh, Paul Haro. He is actually on the you get a, he is actually on the line right now. Hey, hey, well. hey, hey good Sheriff. Good Sheriff. How are you? Okay, fine, fine. I just wasn't sure if Chris was there as well, so I just want to make sure I say hi to both of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so, Sheriff, um, just to just to start, we've got a few things that I'd, I'd like to cover with you this evening. But the the first is that uh, you, um, for a long time, the sheriff's office has had a mobile command center um, under your predecessor. He's the one that I think I believe purchased it and uh, has used it to, um, I think, assist law enforcement operations o- over the last probably a couple decades or so. Um, you have uh, other plans for the Mobile Command Center. Can you tell us more uh, about that? Yeah, we've actually, um, we're in the process of giving that to New Bedford, um, New Bedford Police Department. They will uh, probably get better use out of it than we are getting. We haven't done um, much with it, you know, that's really constructive, like in the way of like the actual operations of the jail and you know a long time and that's what's been told to me um i don't really have a need for it i don't have a vision for it with you know going forward you know like with what i want to do with the jail so one of the first things i um did was you know i met with different department heads and uh chris horta who is in charge of uh, maintenance and the fleet and he you know look like oversees a lot of different things he um said you know if we were able to you know, clean, you know, get rid of this vehicle, it would create space for us to do more mechanic work. And, um, you know, because we have a large fleet, you know, 95 or 100 cars or so. And so he, uh, I said, well, what do you need? He said, well, I, I could use another lift and a wheel balancing machine, not a wheel balance, we have that, a wheel alignment machine. And we did the math on it, quick math, quick calculations. We said, geez, this would pay for itself if we bought these things, but we need space in a garage to do it. So between having a need for space for maintenance that will help save money and with a um you know like i, I don't really have a, a vision for that and how i'm going to do things it just made sense to say okay let's unload this so we're speaking with bristol county sheriff paul Haro. um so there was a lot of conversation when you were campaigning about the law enforcement role uh, of the bristol county sheriff's office um is this sort of a signal that you're going to be scaling back some of that law enforcement capacity um, that the sheriff's office has had. I understand that they have been involved and still involved in some investigations, but is this, is this a signal that you guys are going to scale back your law enforcement operations? Well, I mean, 
I would say this isn't an indicator of that. This doesn't really have much to do with law enforcement. It, it, from what I've been told about the past uses of the vehicle, it, it really does. It didn't play much of a law enforcement role, if at all. I think the, I was told the last time it was used was quite a while ago, and it was other than the parades. But the la, it was actually used to uh, offer shade for a cookout, you know, because it has like a rolling canopy, I guess, that's on top of it. Okay. And you know, that was some. I, I forgot exactly who told me that, but it was. It, it really didn't have much to do with uh, with law enforcement, from what I've been able to gather from what the staff has told me. Um, you know, people with you know institutional knowledge and historical knowledge of you know, that piece of equipment, but it's, it's over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. It was given to the uh, sheriff's office w- through a grant. And so it's not like we're losing any money on it. it it's actually, like I said, we're, we'll, we, when we unload this, get it rid of it, get it out of our garage, then I'll be able to purchase a couple pieces of equipment that are going to actually make it so that we can, we invest on the front end and save over more over the course of time. And so, um, you know, other things I'm doing like that is the training academy, which is located across the street. We're spending $144,000 a year on that. We're going to retrofit the ICE detention center to make that a training academy and then stop spending $144,000 a year. Um, you know, we'll probably have to pay an early termination, you know, fee or something that, you know, is probably in the contract, but it'll quickly pay for itself. So there's a number of things like that, that, you know, we are doing that are going to save money, you know, uh, a lot of money over the course of time. We're speaking with Sheriff Paul Haru. Um, Paul, um, how did you settle on New Bedford or did, did, did New Bedford ask for it? How, how did you determine New Bedford, say, over other departments? Well, you know, we... Um, First, when I first started, one of the first weeks I was there, uh, one of the chiefs came up to me. I think it was Taunton, and said, "Hey, I'm interested in that." Somehow, you know, Taunton just approached and said, "Hey, we're interested." And then it fell apart with Taunton, and then New Bedford um, said, "Yeah, we'll take it." You know, so it was. I honestly, I can't remember if we put it out to all 20 cities and towns or if we didn't even need to because New Bedford. But New Bedford has agreed to. Um, you know, like New Bedford police chief said he was grateful for it and he said he'd use it at events and festivals and he said he would make it to other surrounding cities and towns if it's needed. You know, so, okay. you know, he, he's been, you know, he's been great, very real pleasure to work with New Bedford sure. police chief, that is. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember if we opened it up to everybody or if we just kind of happened to taunt and it fell apart with taunt and then New Bedford heard, so they just said, okay, we'll take it. Um, but, you know, with with New Bedford, you know, their attitude is, hey, we'll, we'll share it if other people need it. Yeah, I, I think Chief Oliveira um, is, um, has good working arrangements with, with a lot of the other surrounding towns. So uh, it's the biggest city in the district, I believe. So it, it, it makes sense to, to give it to New Bedford. He, I was just curious. He, he said, he also said to me earlier, um, I have a quote from him, is basically, he wants to use it for stuff like the Madeira Feast and the Half Marathon, uh, which are, you know, probably the two biggest events in Bristol County. So... Um, yeah, the runners need shade. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so that'll be done. Uh, my impression, uh, my understanding is that'll be done fairly soon. That that uh, that transfer. Yeah, that's right. And that's not the only thing we're transferring out. Uh, the very large Ford Expedition. It was a platinum edition. This was uh, Sheriff Hodgson's uh, uh, vehicle for his own use. When I started the first day I had that on January 4th, 
I couldn't believe how huge the thing was just way more vehicle than I need. You know, I just, it, it was, I said, no. So the next morning on Thursday, January uh, 5th, I drove to, before I went to work, I stopped by the Audible Police Department and I talked to the police chief, Kyle Hagney. And I said, Hey chief, do you, do you want this? I said, you have a, uh, a cadet vehicle, or he told, he told me previously he had a cadet vehicle, uh, the, the van that transported cadets back and forth to the training academy. Um, and he said, yeah, well, th- that's falling apart, you know, that we, so there was a capital need in Attleboro. And so I brought this to him and I said, hey, you interested in taking this? This is you know, way more vehicle than I need. You know, I- I'm kind of a minimalist. I mean, if you, if we, I'm really trying to streamline things and, you know, uh, not spend money on different things, you know, con- consolidate positions. And, you know, there's, there's a number of things that I'm looking to do um, to try to save money. And this, you know, so the uh, very large Ford Expedition Platinum Edition was $80,000 vehicle, way more vehicle than we needed, at least that I need. I, I shouldn't speak to what Hodgson needs. Maybe, maybe he would use it differently. But uh, that's something else we're unloading, we're given to Admiral Police Department. So we're speaking with uh, Bristol County Sheriff uh, Paul Harrow. So, um, so, so, Sheriff, uh, the uh, you just mentioned. I, I wanted to follow up on on something you you just said a, a couple minutes ago. You said that you're moving the training facility from across the street over to mm-hmm. over to the ICE detention facility. You had talked about that as sort of a broader plan to move Astry, but you're just you're going forward with the plan to move the training facility over uh, regardless of how the ash street thing goes yeah well uh, so for us to retrofit it be you know so okay so there's different levels of that makes sense and so it makes sense to try to bring ash street over to dartmouth and one level it made sense to take ash street and put it in the training academy because that would still be cheaper for the system and for the, therefore the state if we did that. But then we found another alternative, taking the very large gymnasium, retrofitting that and turning that into, you know, the Ash Street facility. And then also, you know, taking the mod units when the, the what's it called, the uh, kitchen area and the mod unit turned that into our regional lockup so we can still continue to do that. So it just made, it, so it was, a, it made sense to bring Ash Street to the training, uh, you know, sorry, to the ICE detention center, but it makes even more sense to bring Ash Street inside and put it in GC and trade. So it was a better plan. It was a second plan, but it was a better plan. But then, um, you know, so what we, we said, okay, so if we're not going to do that with, the ICE detention center, what can we do with it? And so Chris Horta, again, maintenance director, he had said that, you know, he could probably retrofit it, uh, the ICE center, for less than $200,000. And that's being generous. He might even be able to do it for less than 100000 So I, I, I'll cut him some slack, you know, because, you know, sometimes things are more expensive than we initially thought. But the point is, is that it would pay for itself really quickly, especially when we're spending $144,000 a year across the street. And then we'd have a training facility that was built to suit, you know, so exactly. So we, we have two very large open spaces. We can build the interior so it looks just like what we need. And Rob Matos, uh, Bobby Matos, who's the in charge of the training academy, he has uh, come up with a couple of schematics about, hey, this is what we would need this classroom for and this. And that. he's kind of laid everything out. And he says, if I can design something, you know, intent, intentional, like, and this is what I need, this is what I would design. And I say, okay, great, let's do that. Let's give you what you need. So, and like I said, this is going to pay for itself once we're not paying $144,000 a year. Um, yeah, they, so I don't, I don't even really want to 
look at using the ICE detention center anymore as at, like you know Ash Street 2.0. That's that it's, an, it's a better than what it, we're doing right now, but it's not as good as this other alternative. So just just with. to encapsulate, your original idea was to move Ash Street over the ICE detention center, um, and then you'd said it's better to put Ash Street if you're going to move it behind a secured perimeter in Dartmouth. So, and in fact, it's a lot more feasible to do that. So uh, you want to... It made, yeah, it just made more sense to do that sure. in the first plan. And the first plan made more sense than the current operation. So, you know, we continue to look at things. And I don't think we're going to come up with a third plan, though. I don't, I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, but, you know, so if we do take the gymnasium and we turn that into, a, like, you know, as many single-cell units as we can, you know, let's just say, you know, 80 or so units, um, 75, 80 units. If we did that, now we, um, you know, the gymnasium is not being used at all right now. It hasn't been used since the beginning of COVID. Uh, but that's something that we would still try to replicate somewhere else on the campus. Um, it's where we would then have recreational space available. But we don't need to have an enormous recreational space like this. I mean, this is a very, very large gymnasium. And Marcus, you were in there just recently. Yes, I, think, I, I was, yeah. yeah. You, you saw a very large yeah. uh, recreational area. It is. So, um, so we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Horo. Uh, one of the things I noticed uh, recently is, you know, you talked, you know, obviously when you got elected, you said, you you know, you're going to make changes and you're talking about some of those changes that you're making, but some of them even apparently include cosmetic changes. Can you tell us about the um, the staff uh, logo design contest that you've, uh, d your office just started? Yeah, so I actually got the idea from my stepbrother down in Virginia, who is a deputy sheriff down there. And um, that actually never came up during the campaign that I have a brother, a stepbrother who's a deputy sheriff. But he, he I saw him a couple of weeks ago. We were out for dinner somewhere and, you know, he was just telling me all the different things they do at his jail. And I was just listening and, you know, he gave me a lot of ideas about things, some of which, you know, we're already doing. And I looked into these things, many of the things, the good ideas he gave me were already doing. But then he said, you know, it's not uncommon to change the logo when you have a uh, change the branding when you have a change of administration. And quite honestly, I loved when I heard him say that because I've always thought our branding on the side of the car is just downright ugly. I mean, it's just, I, I've never liked it. Even before I was even looking at thinking about being sheriff or running for it, I, I, even before I got into Paul, I said, that's an ugly logo. <laughs> you know, so what I did was I, I talked to some of the other staff inside, talked to, um, you know, folks on the retirement recruit, recruitment board. Um, it was made up of basically a cross-section of a lot of people from the jail, you know, in terms of COs, lieutenants, there's a couple captains on there, um, superintendents, part of that, some uh, civilian staff as well. And I floated the idea, and everybody said, it's not a bad idea, and it's a good idea. And it, it kind of, it, it's a way to help rebrand us because it's a new administration. It's also a way to get the uh, COs to have a little bit of uh, buy-in to, you know, the look of the, the jail, uh, because it's open to anybody, not just COs, but it's open to anybody who's an employee. And then what we're going to do is the recruitment and retention board, which I put a picture of on Facebook the other day. Um, we're going to then select the top uh, top uh, submissions. And once we do that, then we'll probably put like the top five out to the entire um, body, you know, of employees to vote on. And then we'll say, okay, let's let's move forward with that. Um, in, in terms of you know how much is that going to cost? In the big scheme of things, not a heck of a lot of money. I mean, there's there's things that I'm doing 
that, okay, so for example, I am, uh, you know, all the IDs, the current IDs that people have, I'll say, you know, Bristol County Sheriff's Office, Tom Hodgson Sheriff on them, but then it has the person's name under it. I'm not having my name put on the ID as, as the sheriff, you know, to us, Paul Hero Sheriff. Because if I'm only going to be a, a sheriff for six years or 12 years, I said I'm going to do one or two terms, that would make it so that a few years from now, six or 12 years from now, we have to redo the IDs over. That's thousands of dollars. So I'm avoiding spending money six or 12 years from now by not putting my name on the IDs. You know, I, I, everybody knows, you know, who I am. They don't need to have my name on the ID. Their name needs to be. Well, they do now. They know who you are now. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, so, so, uh, we're speaking with Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro. So, um, I, I just had another, uh, two more questions. Um, sure. the first was about the, uh, you guys are, or I think you have a pretty aggressive, um, recruiting and re- retention plan mm-hmm. that you've got going on. You need more staffing at the, at the, at the House of Correction. Tell us more about that because we might have people in the audience that might be interested in, in changing careers. Well, yeah, so we um, we need to recruit more people and retain people. And the most vulnerable people to leave are the people who just got there. And those are the ones that are, um, you know, the people that just got there and people that have been there. They basically people have been less than 10 years, but mostly the people that just got there. It, it, you know, it's a tough job. They have a really, it's, it's tough, you know, when you are working with inmates, especially you could be assaulted at any time. Um, some, you can be ganged up on. I mean, it, it's a tough job. It really is. So we rolled out a set, of, a set of incentives that would only really touch some people right now, but we're just getting started. And I, I can't roll out an incentive that's going to touch everyone right now, because I don't think I can afford to do something that's going to touch everyone right now. So I have to be a little bit strategic and, you know, plan with what money I have. So what we did was, you know, and I, I, truthfully, this wasn't my idea. It was part of the recruitment and retention board. You know, it was, it was a collective idea. But when we looked at a couple of things, we said, okay, how can we get more people in the door? And we said, okay, let's, let's focus on veterans. How can we get veterans? We want to hire veterans. And so we said, well, let's reward them for their years of prior service. And we did a couple of things that were described. You know, we give them a step increase or two step increases, depending on how many years of service they have. Um, so that was one thing. And then we said, well, wait a minute. What about the people that just started, that just started a few months ago? And they're not, not going to be too happy about that. So we said, okay, we're going to go backwards. And, you know, if we're only going up two steps, that tops you out at the third step, you know, three years of experience. So we're only going to go back two years because you're only getting two. So because to go back more than that, you're kind of, it's not really benefiting you at that point. I mean, give you a top, give everybody who's a veteran a top step, but we, we needed to be a little bit, you know, careful with how many people we did because we're just, we have to make sure we can afford it. So then we said, okay, what about college degrees? You know, what about trying to get people in, you know, who would um, bring in a college degree, you know, some because they have um, like a, a slightly different skill set than somebody who doesn't in terms of like their you know, writing ability. And um, that's something I, you know, I've picked up from my uh, fire chief in Attleboro. He always said, you know, people with college degrees sometimes make for, sometimes, not always, sometimes make for a better officer later on because, they have, you know, they went through a four-year program and they were able to learn how to write reports a little bit better. And so, so we all looked at that. And we said, okay, you know, well, for, for certain degrees that are criminal justice related, which we laid those out: sociology, psychology, criminology, criminal justice, like a Quindle uh, you know, thing. Equi- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, you know what? You actually just saved me a lot of time. It's just, it's very similar to 
the Quinn bill. Very, very, it's a, it's a very similar idea. And so we did that for people who were trying to recruit, but also people who, um, you know, are, uh, you know, we, that just started. So and again, just, 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 uh, just to be clear, you know, I'm not saying everybody with a college degree can make a, for a better report. There are some kind of knuckleheads out there, you know, who have a college degree. <laughs> so just sure, to be clear about yeah. that. You no, know. no, we, we get so, that. Uh, speaking of yeah. uh, Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haru. Paul, if someone is interested in applying to work for your department, how do they do that? The best thing to do is go through the website, you know, because there's a, and that's an, actually another thing we're doing is we're going to improve. So I would actually ask people to wait about a month, believe it or not, wait a month, because we're going to make the system a lot easier. We're going to be working with a group called Hire Me. It's a website. Hire Me is an online platform that has a much more user-friendly and streamlined way of applying online. So if people want to apply right now, um, you can, but it, we're going to actually be rolling something out in, you know, probably about a month, like 30 days from now, hopefully be about 30 days, that will be an even easier, more user-friendly experience. So I well, wouldn't say... I think when you do that, we'd like to have you back when yeah, you do we'll, that. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back when you do that. Um, so, so, Paul, before I let you go, I do appreciate you joining us this evening and giving us these updates. Before I let you go, I understand that you have uh, weighed into the special election in the Ward 3 City Council race. Can you tell us about... Uh, who you're supporting in that election? Yes. So uh, Carmen Amaral is a, uh, a candidate running for Ward 3. Um, I met her for the first time yesterday, in fact. Um, uh, you know, it was, we have, uh, you know, mutual uh, friends. And, you know, so, the, you know, her, her race came up and she said, oh, geez, it's going to be a really tight one. It's going to be a close one. And I said, okay, that's interesting. And I said, well, you know, let me meet with her. Maybe I can help her out, give her, you know, some advice or suggestions about, you know, things to do with campaigning and just like, you know, tactics to use when you're knocking on doors, issues, issues and um, like, uh, you know, what's an enterprise system? We have an enterprise system here in Attleboro and you have them down there in New Bedford. So explaining what that is in Chapter 90 funding, it's kind of inside baseball stuff. Um, so I was able to, you know, talk to her about that. And, you know, but I also asked her a lot about, you know, her positions on, uh, you know, uh, police and defunding the police and, you know, just, uh, you know, things surrounding that, you know, things that are, you know, important to me and um, not defunding the police, to be clear. Um, so, you know, I, she, you know, she's a very progressive person, you know, and, but she had some really good ideas and I could tell she cares about the uh, community and she wants to do good things, and so I offered her my support through the form of an endorsement. Paul, I appreciate you joining us this evening. Um, we'll definitely have you back soon, um, and uh, have a good weekend. All right, thanks, Mark. Take care. Yeah, Thanks, 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 Paul. Thanks, Paul. So that was Sheriff Paul Haru. Yeah, just you got it. All right, the. Um, yeah, so folks, folks, I'm back running the running, <laughs> running the board, and it's it's been a while. So if, if if you hear any mistakes, it's not Marcus this time; it's me. Because uh, I make plenty of mistakes. He makes plenty of mistakes, but I have a stroke to blame. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I don't know what his excuse is. But, but anyway, look, it sounds like the sheriff has hit the ground running. Absolutely. Um, sounds like um, he's found a lot of good people uh, to work with within the administration. Yeah, uh, I recognize some of those names. Sure. Um, who've been there a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. I think some of them actually came from David Nelson. Oh, wow. I think Chris Hoarder has been there since David Nelson. Wow. Um, which t- shows you his longevity. So, for people who might not know, that's pre-1997. Yeah. Right. So, right. So, yeah. um, it's a, um, 
Again, institutional knowledge is very important. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. And he said that after the uh, after the election. Yeah. He was going to keep a lot of those guys. Yeah. So, um, uh, we do appreciate the sheriff making himself available to us. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, Hodgson was very media available, and Haro's been, I think, just as media available thus far. So, well, I appreciate it. I think it's it's, it's very good. Um, all right, folks. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, let's take a break. We see some calls on the line. If you're on the line, stay on the line. This is South Coast Tonight. Yep. So the, the buttons are different. Yeah, the buttons are. The buttons. <laughs> that's yeah, they're different, right? The buttons are different. So the. Um, that All was a little Bruce Springsteen from 23. So uh, that's already, folks. Bruce Springsteen will be here in March, by the yeah, way. Yeah, by yeah, yeah. Marcus. That's Silvio Dante right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You recognize him from The Sopranos, he, right? <laughs> Mark's like, why is this guy from The Sopranos? Ain't the Italian discrimination. <laughs> why is he on the stage with Bruce Springsteen? How did he get up there? Uh, he's been there since 75. Um, so, uh, nice to the sheriff. Yes, absolutely. Nice to the sheriff. Um, and I'm glad that we can continue the relationship here on South Coast tonight with the existing sheriff. Me too. Um, into the, and I guess it'll be six, 12 years from now, we'll have somebody else, according to the sheriff. <laughs> right? Which, which, <laughs> so yeah. We have that to look forward to. All right, so 508-996-0500. Folks, we, um, we got an endorsement in that race yeah. uh, from the sheriff. Uh, he's endorsed Carmen Amaral. He didn't, he didn't let on as to who his mutual friends were. Um, but I, so I guess that's up to us to, to, to figure that out. Right. Um, I, I, I know that later on today, we'll, tonight, we'll have um, the head of the New Bedford Police Union, and they've also mm -hmm. made an endorsement. Yeah. So we have dueling endorsements. They've endorsed uh, Sean Oliver. Um, so, folks, that'll be about 8.30 tonight. Um, we'll have um, Officer uh, Bilski, uh, who's, who's, who's the president of the uh, New Bedford Police Union. Sure. Until then, we'll be taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, um, how you doing, Tom? We have a uh, situation for one of the Bedford icons that I would hope we can have a little bit of time tonight to talk about, uh, and that's Big Al. Big Al had called in the morning show, and his building where he resided was condemned, and they put him out over at the Moby Dick Hotel for four days, and that's it. What happens to a, a person like this? Uh, uh, do they become eligible for anything? Yeah, I'm worried question. that, you know, just a shift and somebody acting out of compassion, you know, lets them come and, and sleep on their couch or something. Does he lose that advantage uh, legally and simply is classified as homeless? Uh, should he stay there and get the supportive services in this type of situation? I, I got to assume that the landlord has some further responsibility than simply putting them up for four days in a hotel. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I would think so. Uh, it might take some legal action. Maybe Father Bills would be a good place to start. Father Bills is a nonprofit. I think their their nearest offices in the Brockton area. Um, they do a lot of stuff around housing and and housing action. And I think that's probably a good place to look. 
Um, well, don't, don't Pace and 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 uh, maybe Pace PACA and the Housing Authority. You know, don't they have advocates for, for situations like this? So on a. We know there are elected officials who listen to this program. I don't know if they're listening on a Friday night. Um, it's probably the last, probably the least convenient night to, to catch someone who might have some information who's listening, uh, Tom. But I agree with you. There, there are people out there that, that know how to do this. This is not, unfortunately, this is not a new occasion. Right. So there's got to right. be people who know in our listening audience what right. should be done here for our friend Big Al. Where was the building? Uh, I believe it was on County Street. County Street. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's so many things about it. Like, did, I have questions. Did Big Al apply for a Section 8? And there's, you know, 1,000 saw on the list when he applied in 1985. And yet we're seeing all these folks coming in from other areas uh, that aren't New Bedford residents that are getting Section 8. Stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's got to be somebody. You know, we, we can all sympathize, but sympathize doesn't require any action. Compassion it's like when, you, when people say hope and, hope and prayers. That's not what we're looking for. We're right. looking for action here. Right. And, and, and there's got to be somebody somewhere, you know, because I know with a little bit of effort, yeah, I, I could probably get him on somebody's couch, you know, and they're, they're his friends down here in the South. And he's a South Ender, true and true, and most people know him. Uh, but I agree uh, with you, Tom. It's right, a question of right losing move? rights. No, I agree with you, Tom. It's a, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Someone knows. It's a question of of um, forfeiting rights, which we do not want to see him do, right? right. I, I think you're right exactly. there, 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 which is something I, I didn't even think about. Um, but we need real action for Big Al. Of course, yeah. yeah that's right. Anyway, I'll, I'll comment on the uh, what's released later on tonight, and uh, it's going to get interesting. You know, I think it is going to get interesting, yeah. 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 You guys know how to do this, man. You guys are good. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Uh, all right, man. Thanks. We appreciate, appreciate it, Tom. It. Uh, 508 how you can get on the program. Um, if you have any information about what someone can do, um, I don't yeah. know specifically. Big Al put it out on the radio. He doesn't mind people knowing, but... Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't hear. I didn't get a chance to hear I didn't hear it, it either yeah, today. I was, I I was occupied, it. as I know you were, Marcus. Yeah. So um, I'm flying blind here. Um, but if there's someone who can lend a knowledgeable ear here, let's not make a political issue about this. Let's make a hope and action, right? Yeah, All right. absolutely. 508 Go ahead, you're on the Hi. air. Hi, hi, it's Shonine calling. Hey, Shonine. I'm right where Tom is. How are you? Hi, darling. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. They sound real good. Thank you. You know, I was always in your corner. I know you have been. Time. Always. Even before I, always, I got sick. I know, but I prayed all the time and I gave what I could. But Prayers you know what? Help. I would love to give more. So, you know what? I'm, I called like Tom did. That's what's on my mind. Okay. Is, um, Big Al. And this is what they said this afternoon. It's, his name is Albert Vieira. Yes. And it's P.O. P.O. Box 00302, New Bedford, Mass, 02740, if you want to donate anything. But you know what? And he's at the Moby Dick Motel in room 19. But it was his last. Oh. oh call was, back, Shawnee. That was my fault. Sorry, call call right back, Shawnee. We're sorry about that. Yeah, we're sorry about that. Someone else called. We're trying to line up the calls. Sorry, sorry about that. Call right back, um, Shawnee, if you can. We got some calls on the line. We're going to take a break. We'll, we'll take a quick right break. Back. We'll be yeah. right back.
everywhere. The big Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. In red, please. Back to the talk now on WBSM. But I'm just an old man. I'd probably get so Cause they don't dance like Carmen no more. She and Okoogie, my what a pair, just doing the rumba. And welcome back to South Coast. I'm Chris McCarthy. I'm Marcus Farrell. And we're going to go right back to the phones again. We're, um, we had a little bit of technical problem. We'll call it technical, but it was both of us. But anyway, it was a human error. It's human error. It wasn't a technical problem at We're all. We're like robots. The though. problem wasn't with the tech. <laughs> it was with the people <laughs> with operating the people the operating tech. The tech. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Hey, good evening. Yeah, human error. We all know about that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the, the new sheriff knows about that. An error in judgment has filled his house. Why is that? An error in judgment. What's his error? It means people committed crimes because oh, they made oh. an error in judgment. Oh, I see what you're saying. An I'm error in judgment. Oh, oh, oh. I know, I get, I get it. it. No, I get it. I get I'm it. I'm a little now. slow on the draw. The dots. Yes, sir. Okay. Sometimes you have a bad day, so you make an error. And it goes before a judge, and the judge says <laughs> you can the rose house. And you do your time, and you hope you learn from it. But I called about Al. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, what do you know? And the gentleman that called prior seemed concerned and at the same time wanted to know things in channels and procedure. The procedure is simple. In New Bedford, the number is 988. It's the suicide and crisis lifeline. Al has a crisis. Whether he's suicidal or not, we don't know. And it sounds to me that Al might be an elderly gentleman, so when he got the boot, maybe he had a landline phone. A lot of elderly, like myself, 70 years old, have a landline and a cell phone. But perhaps in his case, he's got no phone right now. So the thing is, the gentleman that called dials 988, and if he has the contact information on Al and this and that, he can get out help right now. The point is, is when you call 988 New Bedford Suicide Hotline Prevention and Crisis, what you're going to get is, is an opportunity to tell your story. You're going to get an adventure immediately. Okay. Now, it's not going to say uh, that uh, the, the Al's on the brink of suicide or anything. I would be at, at 70 years old. I, I, how are you going to put up with something like that? I, if there, if yes. there is no continuance of liability by landlord, this guy's out. he got 96 hours in the hotel. And now he belongs to, uh, you know, the, uh, the the ground is his blanket, the sky is his blanket. What's the phone number again, sir? Winter. You know, uh, so long story short, the number is 988. And that gets you moving. And they start doing it for you to get you something. Anything's better than nothing. Yes. Because I'll tell you, if that in the winter of all times, it's not good. Now, the sheriff should know that it used to be snowbirds would come into the House of Correction because they didn't want a shelter at the same time. They uh, they wanted a roof over their head and they wanted three meals and everything else. It was a different day. You could work out and smoke cigarettes, this and that, blah, right. blah, blah. Thanks for the and call. Was, I appreciate it, sir. We'll, hey, we'll be, sorry, we got to take a break. We'll, we'll be right we, back. We, yeah, we got, we, we'll, we'll be right back. 14. Rolled out my window and told the man 50 cents worth, please. Then I jumped apart. And welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. This is Marcus Farrow. 
You don't like that music as much, do you? The music's okay. Uh, just from, I think, a production standpoint, what I'm thinking is we've got a bunch of calls on the line. Maybe they, we should hold them over until 8 o'clock. I agree with you, Marcus. Yeah, so we see that we've got a bunch of calls on the line. We appreciate you guys calling in. And we're just going to ask you to hold. You can do one of two things. You can hold through to the news, and we'll get to you first. Or you can call back around 8.05 when the news is over. But I would we'll recommend holding over. But I think you should hold over, because if you hold over, we'll definitely get to you. All right? Absolutely. So, because we, we want to talk to you guys. We appreciate you calling in. And so I would hold over to the eight, uh, eight o'clock news. That way, you we, we can give your commentary as much time as it deserves. And remember, we're going to be here till ten o'clock. We are going to be here until ten o'clock. So if you hold over, we're not going to short shift you. Yeah, exactly. And that, except maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. So spend it dep- this time thinking carefully about, about what you're going to say. Maybe I go like I want to see how long I can hold this person, and then no. quickly hang up. No, I wouldn't. I would, no, 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 no. I no. wouldn't do that. No, to we're you. no, no. I wouldn't do that to the radio audience. Yeah, no. Only if you I, you know, I wouldn't off. do that because I can't run anymore. <laughs> When I used to be able to run, <laughs> that was much funnier. But anyway, uh, so really, no, hang over, 508-996-0500. Because we do want also, to talk to you, we'll give you plenty also of Also taking your messages on the app chat, so we can do that uh, We can do, the, do that as well. And uh, we can, um, you know, talk about stuff. we got the New Bedford Union president calling in at 830, a uh, police union president. And so uh, we've got a lot to talk about with him. There was a lot of big news. Kate Robinson broke a big story today that she'd been working on for days. I, yes. I talked to her about it earlier in the week, and she finally got the piece together, put that story, to get that story to to, to, to market. And it's it's a big story. That's so about we, the bullets? Yeah. Yeah. Bullets yeah, yeah. in the schools. Bullets in the schools. Bullets should not be in schools. You know, as a support of the Second Amendment, let me just say they should not be in schools. I am I am a anti-bullets in schools guy. I think, I think it's a good policy. Democrat. Right. I, I, think, I don't care what people say. I, I'm, 